Zidero Sports, Icarus Canopies, now Gyro. That's right, we've rebranded, and Gyro is our next generation. It honours our founder, as that's the name we knew him by, but Gyro also marks the start of a new chapter. And not to be biased, but it's going to be fucking epic. Long story short, we're more us than ever. So if you're new to the sport, or even a Sky God Ninja Turtle, welcome. I think our valiant leader Lucy, Gyro's daughter, Says it best. And we still got that fuck your attitude. <laughs> Rebrand. Woo. Rebrand woo indeed, Lucy. Anyway, head over to gyro.com for more info and get amongst your legends. I was 19, broke, unemployed, and sold my girlfriend's canopy for drug money. So I thought I better sew her a new one. What a sentence and what a story. This describes the humble yet outrageous beginnings of NZ Aerosports, the home of Icarus Canopies, in the words of our founder himself. From getting a paratrooper toy from his mom, watching parachutes at the DZ as a six-year-old, jumping off the wharf with a parachute made from bedsheets, doing his first jump at 16, sewing his first canopy on a borrowed machine at 19, and starting to sell parachutes out of a garage in 1986, Paul Gyro Martin had an undying love for the sky. Our company started with one man with the wildest of spirits in a true blue sky dream, a renegade. In the time that Gyro created and ran the Icarus Canopies brand until he passed away in 2017, he pushed everything he had to its limits. We miss him and we always will. Gyro is the next generation of NZ Aerosports. It honors our founder, of course, because it was the name we all knew him by, but Gyro the rebrand also marks the start of a new chapter, our next jump. Gyro is the space between sound and silence, art and science, chaos and calm. Gyro is a state of epic tranquility that transcends understanding. That moment, in the door, in free fall, mid-swoop, where nothing but the present exists. A perfect balance of euphoria and thrill. Gyro captures our passion for flying and our commitment to designing break-the-fucking-rules canopies that deliver pilots pure, wild flight. Hey gang, so I got a new book out. It's called The Upside of Fear, and it's exactly what you think it's about. It's about the good side of, well getting scared. In it, we talk not only about the science and biology behind fear, but the psychology as well. And it's not just coming from me, it's coming from some of the best in the sport. Omar Alhijalan, Jeff Provenzano, Maxine Tate, and so many more have contributed their sometimes terrifying stories to the book to help you overcome your fear. So head to the lunaticfringepodcast.com. You're going to find the link to the book there as well as the other books. It's available in ebook, paperback, hardback, and audiobook right now. Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot.
Ready, set, go! Back in the can for another edition of the Lunatic Fringe Podcast, and one that I've been waiting to have for a while now. Please, who the fuck are you, and what do you do? <laughs> What's up? Uh, my name is Robin Jandel. I am a professional skydiver, advanced uh, skydiver as far as like doing like freefall stuff and canopy. I work for Superior Flight Solutions. Um, I'm at Paraclete XP now, so which is uh, I've been here for about like two years, so. Um, I'm running like helping like run like the school, um, do like courses as far as like like normal like canopy courses as far as like civilian and like help with like military stuff as well. So busy. you you are one of the busiest working skydivers I've ever talked to. It's busy. <laughs> I, I mean, it's busy. It, we talk pre podcast. It can be difficult sometimes with schedules to try and align to do stuff like the podcast, but it's not even just that. It's every time I look, I see you're at another event or have another thing going or, or traveling somewhere else. I mean, holy shit. I know when you're just like, what do you do? That I had to like really think about. I'm like, what is everything <laughs> that I'm doing right now? I'm like managing the school, I'm like doing courses, like competing, like contracts. Yeah. Crazy, it's, right? It's a lot. Try to, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's 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 like the skydiving life, but it's all mixed in with grown-up shit. It's a lot of grown-up shit. It's crazy. <laughs> right? So before like we get it, into good. before we get into too much of the grown-up shit, how did it all start for you? I mean, was it a skydiving thing or did you start out with other extreme sports or so-called extreme sports? <laughs> so um when I first started skydiving, I, I kind of laugh about this. I, I moved to Hawaii when I was like 18. And and so I like lived in Hawaii basically, I feel like most of my my life right so from there like i actually used to work for a company called nordstrom and i was like a manager there when i was 18 they like moved me to hawaii opened up a store there and then i met some like friends like like close friends who were like hey like maybe you should go like do a tandem up at skydive hawaii and i was like absolutely not not doing that not my thing and then lo and behold like we all went out for like cinco de mayo and the next day they're like, I just remember just like driving up to the door shore with like all my friends. And they're just like, you're going to do a tandem. Do the tandem. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. I liked it. And then ended up doing like another one. And then I ended up proceeding to like, just, you know, like how it normally begins, like going through AFF, all that stuff. And then, yeah, man, I just like started like really like immersing myself and like being in the North Shore of Hawaii was just awesome. So I was sure. like, okay, I love this place. It's beautiful. Like, and I, you could just definitely like rack up a bunch of jumps. So I just started like flying video. And then from then, like I was just doing like a thousand jumps a year until basically like I left. Wow. Well now, so you moved to the North Shore or you moved to Hawaii at 18 years old um, yeah. for a job with Nordstrom, Yeah, uh, which is, I mean, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it was cool. I was like 18. They're like, do you want to go to Massachusetts or do you want to go to Hawaii? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to go to Hawaii. Yeah, not a tough question. Now, yes, where where did you come? One. Where did you come uh, go to Hawaii from? Uh, Southern California. So like Chino Hills, like Chino area. Okay. Yeah. So was there a plan for what you were going to be when you grew up before skydiving came into the mix? Or you were just kind Business of figuring management. it out? <laughs> really? Yeah. Was that something was that like, a, did it appeal up? to you? Uh I mean, at the time it was cool. Like I was, I wanted to like progress in that. And then for Nordstrom, like I was actually like a watch buyer. Like I wanted to like become a watch buyer. So I was like in that business. So I was like, okay, like if you open up the store in Hawaii, we'll move to Seattle from there. Like you can even like have the chance of like moving to Switzerland and like doing like work out there for us. And I was wow. like, absolutely. Yeah. 
Very I mean, different that's, lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool too, though. I mean, that's that's still a, a unique take on on something to do for a living. I mean, the the yeah. watch industry is pretty fucking intense. Yeah, absolutely. So wow. Yeah, I was getting into that, and then from there, like the store actually really didn't do all that great in Hawaii. <laughs> Surprise! And uh, and when I started jumping, I was like, okay, maybe I can make a career out of this. So what did the what did the family think first off when you took a job at eighteen in Hawaii? And then oh, what did they think when you started jumping out of airplanes? They were not happy. So <laughs> with which one? With it, like everything. Like for me, like my mom was just like, you're leaving the house at 18 years old. And then going to Hawaii, which is like, you know, not close <laughs> at the time. <laughs> like it's like a five hour flight from LA. And for her, it was just like my family was just like distraught. Like, but they were like, okay, like if you're, you know, moving towards this and like trying to progress your career that we understand and it's awesome but then like after i was just like yeah i don't think this is working out so i started skydiving they were just like what (laughs) (laughs) they were pissed (laughs) i mean it's like and they just didn't understand the concept i was like yeah it's a it's nice out here like i think for a long time they just thought i lived like in like a hut or something like just a concept until they they actually went out to Hawaii the first time. They're like, oh, you live in like a really nice apartment. And it's like, yeah, there's civilization here, right? Like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny because uh, um, with a lot of skydivers living in a hut, not too far from exactly what they yeah. do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so how long did you <laughs> did you work for Nordstrom and uh, uh, work on your jumping career? So, I mean, when I was working with Nordstrom, I mean, I was probably with them until I was like 25. And so it was a good good run with the company. It was, a, it was a good run, yeah, for sure. It was good. Like I got paid super well, and I liked it. It was fun, but I was like, ah, kind of like being outside now. And like, sure. I think the transition was super cool. And then I was just like started making a ton of money, like flying video. Sure. And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna keep staying the course and just keep doing this. All right. But then, yeah. But then at the time, like as I started like getting into like flying video and everything, I had like started to like kind of dance around the idea of like become like a pilot. So I was like trying to do both at the same time. And I was wow. like, oh, this is too much money. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> Getting yourself invested in uh, the cheapest sport in the world, of course, is skydiving. Totally. And then uh, becoming a pilot? Eh. Yeah. I did like Go a few on. hours and I was like, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was very lucky in that when I started flying again, I was jumping at cross keys and oh, had cool. a decent deal for, uh, for the flight school that was there. And then as soon as I had my license, John Eddowes had me flying back and forth to Sussex, shuttling gear and people around. Yeah. So the hours came pretty quick. Otherwise, no yeah. way. No yeah, way. No. <laughs> There's a lot so, of money. I'm like, I'm going through it again. So I'm just like, oh, here we go. For sure. Now, how was learning how to skydive in Hawaii? It can be a pretty challenging place. It was pretty wild. It had I to just be. remember like on like my all my first like the first jump there, I was just like looking out and I was like, I don't have no idea where I'm at. It's like super windy and like cloudy. And I was like, okay, I think I'm getting the gist of this. But like, yeah, I honestly I'm super grateful because I think at the time there was like a lot of like really um talented people who were working there. Like I had like Gage was there. And like JC had just just left like recently after like I was there, like there's tons of people, like the people who like taught me how to skydive, like definitely like helped out with a lot of like the stuff there. And it's like, it's crazy. Just, I look at it now. I'm just like, man, that was wild. It was windy. And like, I'll tell uh, you what though. I mean, it gives you some chops right away though. Doesn't it? Totally. Yeah. 
I mean, it was the same for me because I started out in Las Vegas. That was notorious for high winds yeah. and dust devils. And, and yes, uh, it's gnarly there too. Yeah. You travel to other places and you're like, you guys are fucking pussies. You're not jumping. It's it's only exactly. 25 out. <laughs> what are you yes, doing? You guys are soft. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember hearing because I had a couple of friends that have gone through Hawaii. A, a good buddy of mine named Kevin Love was out there for quite some time. And uh, yeah. I heard all the stories about, you know, I mean, only the best of the best were getting hired to work out there because it was so challenging. So I can yeah. imagine coming up as a student and then a baby skydiver must have been hardcore. It was, yes, it was interesting. I was actually just telling this to one of my students because they were doing like their first hop and pop. And I was like, man, I remember my first hop and pop. It was like 3,500 feet, like out to sea. Like I look out and I'm just like, why am I like so far away from the shore? <laughs> like, like little things like that. And I'm just like, you guys have it easy right now. Yeah. Well, that kind of stuff takes some time to wrap your head around and to trust that the wind reports that mm. you've gotten and that everybody else <laughs> is right when you're literally getting you know out of the airplane two miles offshore. I'm like, why am I here right now? Right. Right. I mean, that's got to be freaky learning how. I mean, all I had to deal with was wind and a, and a, a, a dry lake bed. So I knew I was going to yeah. land on dirt. Did yeah. you ever get, uh, did you get wet trying to uh, no. learn or no, really? No. Do they dunk many people out there? I mean, if the winds are strong, yeah, we'll get out to sea a little bit, but I mean, they're pretty good as, as far as like spotting and stuff like that. So well, they're not going to try be, to right? put us there. Yeah. Yeah. We would hope it after all yeah. these years of being operating, but um, no, I don't think anybody's really gone on the ocean. Not that I remember. I think some, maybe some fun jumpers might have done some wild things like. Sure. But like, it's got to have a while. Like we didn't really have many fun jumpers at the end of it all. Like, yeah, I think I was probably enough. like one of the last few people to actually get licensed there. And then we wow. just, we only just ended up being like just doing tandems and stuff. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we've uh, uh, I, I put uh, more than a couple of people into the water flying for Dubai all the years that I did, but that's just because they were doing dumb shit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is expected. I know, dude. It's like I, I've actually never jumped to Dubai. Like. But I can imagine like some people go to the drink often. Yeah, you know, they get a little carried away with checking out the view and all those high rises are right there. And it's yeah. really easy to get fixated on the wrong thing and go, oh, shit, I'm not going to make yeah. it. And then not go to the right beach. And and uh, uh, we, I've put I've, I've had a couple of wingsuiters go in the water, too. And that's just because they flew too damn far in the wrong yeah. direction. Surprise. Yeah, yeah, shit's going to happen. <laughs> so you learned how and you decide you're going to shoot video. What was uh, what yeah. was the time frame? How long was that transition and how did getting to the camera uh I mean that's that's a um that's a decision, you know, I yeah. mean when you finally decided <clears throat> to go that route. Yeah, cuz I remember when I first learned there and that I did the AFF stuff, I went back to uh but back to the mainland only for like a short stint and like I only had maybe like 50 jumps or something. So I remember like going back to the mainland and then Nordstrom asked if I could help be like an interim manager for like one of their stores in Vegas. So I was like doing that for a little bit. And then I was fairly miserable living in Vegas. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, I'm just going to get in too much trouble here. I need to leave immediately. Yeah. And so everybody back home was like, just come back to Hawaii. Like, start working like like towards like wanting to be a videographer and then like kind of go from there and see like how if you like it or not. Mm. And then got back home, started like doing a little bit of video and specking. And then like, it didn't really take long before like, they're like, okay, you're hired. We need you actually. <laughs> so, nice. So they were super open and welcoming. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Especially for, sure. for like people who had like worked there and like learned, especially. So they were like, okay, you learned here, you know, what's up. Like, 
we'll hire you. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought of that, but uh, learning in a place like that would absolutely give them more confidence when it comes time yeah. to to making sure you know what's up shooting video. So yeah, you started sure. what shooting shooting tandem videos and just kind of went from there. Yeah, and then I mean, dude, we were so busy there, like it's the it's so insane like how many tandems scott i've lied as like yearly there mm. and like back in the day more so like i think like after covid things kind of like tapered off a bit but um man yeah they were just like racking up numbers like dude we would just do every single we would i mean at the time we had like probably 12 videographers wow and like dude we would just be stacked like every single day seven days a week like each person doing 10 jumps a day and it was just wow. like it was such a necessity we had like a ton of Japanese customers, Korean, like sure. ton of tourists. So like every day, like hundred tandems, like the, for, especially for like a smaller drop zone. Sure. Japanese tourists are amazing, aren't they? They're the best, dude. They oh, are so awesome. My <laughs> Absolutely God. Fearless. <laughs> fearless. I mean, it, I to, a, to a degree that I never would have thought possible. Because yeah. if you put me in a country where I didn't speak the language and told me I was going to strap myself to another person and jump out of the airplane, fuck off. No way am I doing that shit. But not yeah. only did they do that, but they were always smiles and great tippers. The best people. Oh. <laughs> like, by, like, we love jumping with them. They were super cool. Like, we'd get, like, a big, like, group of, like, the tiny little Asian gals. And they were so hyped just to be there. And, like. Oh, Yeah fearless and they were just like so like respectful and like they would just like tip us like all the time and like they would always feel bad like oh i don't have maybe enough to i was like you don't you were awesome don't even oh yeah it. our vegas tour guide the that would bring out all the japanese tourists um was getting kickbacks <laughs> from the drop zone for bringing out the yeah. groups and he would tell the groups that he was bringing out that it was really dishonorable to not tip <laughs> the camera and tandem guys so we'd forget to cash our paychecks because we were getting like 20 or 40 bucks yeah. from every student, eight or 10 jumps a day. Every time. Yeah, for sure. It's <laughs> ridiculous. dude. So good. It was so good. So, I mean, that must have been when you decided that uh, um, skydiving was absolutely the way to go and maybe selling or uh, admiring watches was going to be a hobby. Yeah, definitely. I was like, I'm done. I'm over yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, my family was just like. All right, like if it pays the bills and this is what you want to do, then pursue it. But like there needs to be like an end game. I was like, oh, okay. And then like 10 years later, I'm just still doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but they must see how fulfilled you are from it. Yeah. Like best years of my life, like being over there, just like doing it. And like I'm actually going to go back to Hawaii here in like the next week and like nice. see everybody and say hello, like say hello to the bosses. And yeah, I'm actually super stoked. Like it's, you really it's been don't. Good. You really don't sit still, do you? I don't think so. Not, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you you start shooting video, you start making good money, you decide that skydiving is for you. The family is starting to come around to it at least a little bit. But when did the the idea of like competition and and the whole diving all the way in? When did that start to come about? Ah, uh, man, like 2014, I would say. Yeah. And it was actually, it's funny because when I started flying at the same time of like, like learning, just like jumping and everything, um, really good friend of mine, who's now not with us, Gage Gailey, the man, mm -hmm. um, he's like, he's the one who like kind of got me into like, like kind of pushing me towards, so like you should compete, whatever. And then I remember I had like money saved to like go for flight lessons and I was like, okay, I'm going to go take some flight lessons. And he's like, Robin, 
dude, I have something for you. It's called a Valkyrie. It just came out. You should buy one. And I'm like, uh, let me see. And he's like, okay. He's like, just test it out and see if you want it. And then he's like, if you want to buy it, like I, I get you like an order one, like got one or whatever. So I like do a couple of jumps and I was like, okay, I'll buy it. Like just like spent like all the savings on a parachute. And I remember just, he's just like, okay. He's like, I'm going to give you this, but like, you need to prove to me that you're going to do well with it. And like, you know, if you, if I see you doing well, like you can just have it or whatever. So I jumped a few times and I was like, I'll buy it obviously. And then, uh, and from there, we were just like, he's like, man, he's like, I think you should go compete. Mm. Like, uh, like, uh, I don't know, dude. I was like, it's expensive to like compete, to go out and do all these things. And at the time I'm like, man, uh, I don't know. I was like, I played soccer growing up. Like, I was like kind of competitive, but I was like, okay, maybe I'll just like go and see what's up if I like it. So he sure. like, finally, like he like found all these tickets and stuff. He's like, all right, we're going to go to Paraclete XP. I was like, dude, where is that at? He's like, North Carolina. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to go to North Carolina. Like, right. I want to just, I was like, is there anywhere closer to go? And he's just like, no. He's like, this is where US Nationals is going to be this year. It was like June 2015. He's like, all right, we're going to go. He's like, trust me. He's like, you're going to absolutely love it. It's going to be super fun. And uh, I remember just like looking at tickets and it was like 1200 bucks. And it's like, I hate you, Gage, so yep. much. Yep. <laughs> so, so I booked a ticket and then... From there, it's like when I did like one first, like it was like the first like FLCPA before like the competition. And like I just met like so many wonderful and awesome rad people. Yeah. Like just the first go at it. I was like, okay, I think I could, you know, continue keep doing this. And then like Nationals was like the next day after the competition for FLCPA. And I was like, all right, finished like middle of the pack the first time. And I was just, I think it's just the amount of fun I had doing it. Sure. In the beginning and i'm like dude i would love to just continue doing this and sure. it was a challenge like so i think from there i was just kind of like okay i think i can like see myself like kind of going full force into it was there a point where you sat down and you're like all right this is what being a competitive canopy pilot has to offer and this is what it's going to take and no matter who I've talked to with canopy pilots, they all say the same thing. What it takes is so much more than what it gives back monetarily or anything like that. What it gives is so much more from the people and all that, but yeah. you can't eat off of wonderful personalities. You have to make that decision, right? This is not yeah. only going to just cost out the ass, but it's also fucking totally. dangerous. It's dangerous. And then I think my running joke that I would tell everybody is like, oh, they're like, did you win? Did you, you get a medal? I was like, yeah, man. I was like, third place, got dozens of dollars. <laughs> it's <was> just like <laughs> sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. Like, and I, it, and like, I, it's like, it's like the running joke that I constantly am just like, yeah, man, I'm like making tons of money off of it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know, that's it's kind of funny, too, because, I mean, I uh, like I, I just saw not that long ago, uh, Kurt had put up a post about, uh, you know, hitting a record number of medals and just the most incredible career. And 75 percent of me is the skydiver in me saying that's the most fucking amazing thing ever. That is incredibly yeah. kick ass. And 25 percent is like, holy shit, that's a lot of work for nothing, that's a lot of money. <laughs> you know, but that's it's a lot of work. But for this dude, like he's. Like a lot of people see like how well he's doing and like he's definitely a wealth of knowledge. Like he's got a lot of it down. And oh, like, yeah. for that, like there's a lot of people who like seek his knowledge. And I think it's sure it's a cool thing. And like this dude pushes it for sure. And it's oh, cool to see that. Well, all you guys do though. I mean, the yeah. the the moment that you saddle up to become a canopy pilot, 
you know, in competition, you're definitely, you're, you're there, you're pushing it, Yeah, which is amazing. I mean, it, it takes incredible dedication. Um, have you dealt with um, substantial injury and kept going? Has it, has it been relatively injury free or have you got your, your bumps and bruises? I've definitely like done a distance run and being like, Oh, that doesn't feel great. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I've never had like a wild injury so far, knock on wood. Right. But I remember like I rolled my ankle once, but then it's like, kind of really sure. well, I mean, I think um, canopy piloting is the first discipline in skydiving I've seen where people honestly do try and learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah, you see somebody right? like, like, okay, don't do that. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and in a lot of people in skydiving, we got to kind of fuck things up to learn those yeah. lessons. But in canopy piloting, that doesn't seem to be the case, at least not from right. my vantage point. Man, yeah, I feel like there needs to be like a lot of finesse. Yes. More so than people think. They're like, oh, yeah, it's such a power. Like all this stuff is like, man, but you need to like have finesse to land and like finesse through the course, all this stuff. Like, dude, Cornelia, finesse. Oh, like, yeah. 100%, dude. And you see her land and she's just like, not even like a speck of dirt on her. I'm like, how do you, or how are you not dirty? <laughs> like, I know it. <laughs> well, especially when you guys are doing like the speed rounds and stuff or distance in my mind, I mean, of course, in my mind, I've swooped like a madman and I'm doing, you know, this little itty bitty little <laughs> swoops, but I can't wrap my head around being like three quarters of the way through a distance course, still carrying the speed you guys are carrying, not going, Oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I know dude, that. And that's something that like, I kind of like giggle about every once in a while. Cause like at, uh, what was it like the world cup in Arizona? There was like a point where like, we're rolling out and I was like, Ooh, I'm kind of tight. It's <laughs> like on the gates. <laughs> it's like, and I was like, I'm going to hopefully have some finesse on this. And I remember just like, kind of like, just a hair skipping. And I was like, yeah, I saw that kind of coming. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Little, it's like, what can you do? You know, it's kind of funny though. Those are the ones that stick with you forever. Like those yeah. ones that were, Oh, I almost fucked that up. <laughs> or, you know, I was, I was in the corner on that one and I had to dig yeah. it out. And of course nobody else knows. They just know it was a good run or it was a bad run distance wise, yeah. but they don't know that you're like, Holy shit. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Like, like pucker factor <laughs> yes like, for sure for sure you mean to do that yeah absolutely so uh how was it uh, uh ending up working uh as a coach and taking it now to the level that you're at working with solutions um so leaving hawaii was like definitely something that i don't know it was, it was tough like, yeah how'd that come about um so when i left hawaii about yeah i've been here for like almost two years now um i went and like finally made a decision. I was like, I want to get like for being a videographer for so many years, like we don't teach AFF for like have coach ratings or anything. So I ended up like before I left, got like an AFF rating, um, went to like a drop zone in Michigan for a little bit. Super cool. Uh, Midwest free fall. They're awesome. It's like beautiful little area, like perfect little grass runway, like awesome plane, like awesome sure. people. Um, did like a little stint there for like this, the like the summer. And I was like, okay, like, I think I need like more to like coach. Like, I think like I want to like step up a little bit more. So I had like done a, went to like a cis boogie in Paraclete. And then like, I saw, I was like, man, I've been coming back here for years. Like, and every time I went to XP, I was like super happy. I loved like the level of the people that were there and like aircraft, everything. And 
and like Greg's awesome. <laughs> like sure. I think Greg's the man. Sure. Everything about he's funny and all. And I was just like, man, I really want to like get into like contracts. I want to get into like progressing as like an instructor. And like the first year that I was here, like well, so finally I went up at Midwest Free Fall. Went back to Hawaii just for like a stint, but like I had my eyes set. So then I ended up moving, and then I like like an idiot. I came here in like January, and they're just Ooh. like, "Yeah, dude, it's super slow." <laughs> it's like we're a year-round dropstone, Robin, but like we're not Hawaii. And I was like, "Yeah, and I messed up on that." But I was like, <laughs> "Okay, it's slow." So the first year was like the first bit was like kind of took a little bit of time to like get like acquainted with everything and uh started like working in the school after I left Hawaii and all that and then like I mentioned to Greg I was like hey, I'd be interested like kind of getting like onto superior flight solutions and you know doing contracts and stuff like that and so slowly but surely like I started like dude getting like, getting a little bit of work at, at speed in general but um I think one of the first contracts that I had was actually pretty cool that can't go into too much detail of it but it was with the, the princess of Thailand so she came out and so worked with her and I was like, all right, rad first contract. Yeah. Um, worked with her. Awesome. And then from there, I was just like trying to just like develop myself as like an instructor, like for teaching and coaching and like sure. constantly reading and stuff. Sure. And then got into a little bit of contract work and then Greg ended up like bringing on me and a dude named Andy Plisco on. So it was cool. It's, uh, was really it, about that. It, it's ridiculous. The different people, from all walks of life you meet because of skydiving. Yeah, totally. It's how many times have you been sitting with somebody and you're like, how in the fuck am I with this person? This is, this is amazing. Yeah. I just jump yeah. out of airplanes. How am I with this sure. guy or that girl? It's, it's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, kind of got into that with Greg. And then um, this last year was like kind of the first run of like doing courses and all that. So it's been, it's been great. So, and you, you do military stuff as well. What's that like? You like it? I love it. I love it. I They're think fucking it's so great, right? It's great. Everything about working with military is great. Like, and I kind of just laugh because like a few more like other groups, but like, it's awesome. Like I love like the canopy portion of it, like doing hay hoes and stuff. And then I sure. love the free fall portion with them. Like it's uniform. I love it. Like it's, we're going to go in like these conditions because they have to, or like, it's just, Yep. Everything about it, like I genuinely enjoy it. I think it's something I want to keep progressing. And everyone's that, been super cool. That was always my favorite part about uh, uh, every once in a while, we'd get a military guy or girl that would come out to do AFF uh, or even just come out to do a tandem. And you just tell them what to do and they do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, we're going to do this. Or we're going to do this. And they're like, okay, cool. And then I think, and also like, I think some of the funny portions about it is like when, you tell them to do something <laughs> that it could just get super wild. <laughs> it's either or like you're going to get something perfect or it's going to be like, oh, dude, like it's it's going to get hairy quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there's got no doubt about that. But those guys, guys and girls, they are so resilient and they just yeah. and they always have a positive attitude or at least they always show a positive attitude. For sure. Everyone's been like great. Every single person that I've worked with over the last like year and a half has been awesome. So what's the what's the adjustment been like living in North Carolina from so many years in Hawaii? It's different for <laughs> sure. But I think uh, I'm so used to just it being like, I mean, I like the cold. Like I'm all I like having a little bit of cold weather and like bundling up and stuff. But I think the only thing I don't like is when it's like overcast and cold. Sure. Like it doesn't really get like I mean, it gets cold like today. 
I went flying this morning and it was 25 degrees. Yeah. I was like, Oh, what am I doing right now? Like, yeah. 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 Oh, I feel you. I mean, after a decade in Dubai, uh, I live in Finland now and like I'm sitting in my studio and it's eight below Fahrenheit and there's a really? bit of a blizzard happening right now. And I fucking love it, but yeah, I'm also, I don't have to go to the airport. I don't have to do any of that stuff yeah. right now. So, yeah. but especially going from Hawaii, what an incredible change. It's definitely a change, but honestly, like North Carolina weather is not bad. Sure. Like it's still like yesterday, like the other day it was like raining and like everyone like North, like of us was like minus 12. Wow. It was like 40 degrees here at raining. Wow. It's not that bad. No. Well, and I mean, I've we flown, operate all year round. So I've flown in and out of that field a couple of times and it's a yeah. beautiful area. It's just gorgeous it's countryside. Yeah. I do it, love the country. It and really, it's, really and, like, is. Where I lived in North shore, like it was very country. So like where I'm at here in Rayford is nice. Sure. It's I funny. Think- all the, all the places you never thought you'd go. <laughs> Good <old> Rayford. <laughs> well, and it's funny because uh, names like Rayford are such big names in skydiving yeah. and nobody else knows where the fuck they are. No, nothing. <laughs> so what, what do you think the future holds uh, um, both in the Ooh. skydiving and just for you personally? Ooh, um, I think I'm going to probably be here for a little while longer. Like, I feel like I have for like the short amount of time I've been here, I've, I've accomplished, like accomplished more than like I ever thought I would mm. <clears throat> like, just like getting into like, I mean, there's a level of instruction, like flying. And then like, like, I obviously like being with the U S team and stuff. Like, I think we have a lot of really great flyers here, like not even just like CP pilots, but like eight way, four way, all these guys are like, and I do enjoy the level of competition that is here. And like, they, very much take care of their athletes and sure. it's awesome. So it's nice to be around that. And it was like what I think I've been wanting for a long time. And mm. I definitely stayed busy. So with like work, with the school, like competing, like, and then like traveling to like other drop zones for like other courses and stuff. So sure. It's been what, do you th- but then, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, what's the competition side of things look like for your future? I'll keep competing for a few more years for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I keep saying like, oh, maybe I'll just do one more year. I'll do one more year. And then it's like, all right, it's been like, and then the other day, like a memory popped up of when I first came to Paraclete and I was like, ooh, I've been doing this for a while. Um, I think it's just because I just really enjoy the people I'm around and it like, it is fun. And I think every year I see like newer faces and just kind of, I think it's it's nice. Like it's sure. nice to be around like, we're, we're we have a funny crew that we all like to like joke around. And I think that's what keeps me like wanting to keep doing it obviously. And like, progressing. and like, honestly, like the level of competitors just keeps like, it, it increases every year. Like people are getting better and better. Sure. It's, it's cool. I like seeing it. Well, you're also competing at a really interesting time in the sport technology wise, because yeah. the gear just keeps getting better and better. I mean, between the mutant harness and the canopies yeah. that both the, both sure. main manufacturers are putting out, <laughs> these wings are fucking insane. Yeah. Like, what do you fly for competition? Petras. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was that like the first time you got on a Petra? Because everybody, I see eyes light up all over the place when I start talking about that Canada. Petra's great, see. man. I like, <laughs> I keep trying to tell everybody, I was like, dude, the Petra's awesome. And I was like, and I'm not trying to like, like, obviously like sponsored by Gyro and stuff like that. But like, dude, but I remember the first time I had like ever jumped a Petra, I was like, this thing is awesome. And I could take a terminal. And like, 
I've obviously like lost Petras in the ocean because I was like working with them for so many years. And then finally it's like, dude, I can't keep spending money on Petras. <laughs> like, oh. It has got to, but in Hawaii, like we didn't have like gates or anything to do or like any like, like competition out there, like a swoop pond. So like we wanted to work with our Petras. Sure. But I just remember I gave up like 2019 when I got my pro card, we got our pro card in like the FLCPA pro- or 2018, excuse me. And we were in Sebastian and like everybody was just like, oh, cool, dude, you're going to like still do amateur, like be in the am class and then like you get like a medal or something. And I was like, dude, I'm just going to go and fly my Petra and I'm going to take last place and be stoked. Sure. <laughs> like, I don't sure. care. I just want to go like have fun with my Petra. <laughs> like That's just how I felt. I was like, oh. how fucking heartbreaking was it to lose a Petra into the ocean? Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I can't. I'm like trying to, I didn't hear anything you said after lost a Petra in the ocean. I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Oh my God. It's terrible. Oh yeah. I lost one like back in like a field area on these palm trees, like never to be seen, like could never find it. Like kind of had an idea where it was at search for days, got a drone out, never found it. And then I had that. I had another one where like, it was kind of like a, an older Petra that I had. And it was just like everything, like from the moment I got out of the plane, just like nasty winds chopped. And I just see it like yard sailing out to sea. And I was just like, well, (laughs) never see that again. Oh, no. We had a a cutaway in Dubai. And I think it was on a Petra as well, because those things just don't deflate. And (laughs) uh, it was high winds coming from the water. And, of course, you've got nothing but high rises, Mm -hmm. you know, half a mile, not even a half a mile, quarter mile away from the drop zone. And I'm just watching on the descent. I'm watching this Petra just going past the high rises. We've had canopies that they've had to pluck off balconies, the high rises. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Craziness. Because they don't deflate. They just keep going. (laughs) Fucking hell. That's too awesome. So, So, yeah. It'll happen. And any big competitions coming up? Um, let's see what's coming up. I think now the start of uh, the US CPA will be like beginning in March in Z Hills, but I mean, I'm basically training for nationals and um the world championships. So nice. that's coming up. I think we're, I think we're going to South Africa. Is that where the world championships are this year? Yeah, for 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 canopy potting, but the other world championships for free fall will, will be in North Carolina. <laughs> so it's in your backyard. Yeah. Yeah. They're actually taking it like Scott of Chicago and Paraclete XP. They've like combined forces with like aircraft and they're bringing it over to the coast. So it's going to oh, be wow. over like uh, the Carolina coast. It's super pretty. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I crystal love- coast. Yeah. I love hearing about the big drop zones that are collaborating. <laughs> that seems to be happening more and more. Yeah. It's cool, man. Like it's like both of that, especially like the whole thing in Israel, like they ended up, they put the bid, but they wanted to like still emphasize like having like a beautiful place to go to. And like the Carolina coast is super pretty. Yes. And so this drop zone that they're going at, they're like, okay, like we need the aircraft. So apparently it's going to supply. And so it's Scott of Chicago. So it's that's like an FAI awesome. event. So yeah, it's going to be super cool. It's that's going to be, a, I believe, or September. That's going to be a monster event. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's too cool. So um, I usually wrap up with asking people um, for advice to a couple of different groups of skydivers Um, for those that are just getting started in the sport um, and are trying to kind of find their way. What advice do you have? And for those that have been in it for a long time and are kind of thinking, I don't know if this is for me anymore. I'm feeling burned out or not inspired. What do you have to, to say for either of them? Man. So I think the newer guys, like even with like students are like, 
I get a lot of like people who are like, I want to only do your courses and do this. And I'm like, well, honestly, like get advice from everybody. And honestly, like get advice from like, not just superior flight solutions, but like alter ego and like flight one, all this stuff. Like, I think there's a wealth of knowledge out there. And there are people who are willing to like want to teach. And I think it's important to like seek all avenues sure. and just like, honestly ask questions. Like, I feel like there's a lot of students that like are like afraid of like asking questions about like certain things or feeling stupid. And it's like, dude, just, I know it's dumb, but just ask it. <laughs> like yeah. I've, I've probably asked the same question at some point and I think yeah. you should just, and like, there's no, I mean, there, there's dumb questions for sure. Sometimes we're like, whatever. Sure. We, <laughs> but I think it's important to like, and not only like that, like immerse yourself in like all the things that like, not just, okay. Like I like canopies, but like look into like being a better flyer, like look into like maybe working in the sport or like getting ratings. Like, I think it's just like, it's important to constantly educate yourself and like all the different facets <clears throat> and not just like, okay, I want to do this and just only immerse myself. And I do think it's good to, obviously, if there's something that you do enjoy, then like, obviously, like, take the time and learn it well. But yes, I think like, always like, be open to like, different, like, <clears throat> I know, sure. different disciplines out there and just like, talk to people. It's kind of funny that you say, uh, yeah, people that come, oh, I only want to take your courses. <clears throat> I'm sure you get that just like a, a lot of sky, a lot of sky diving instructors do. You'll tell some random person out in the general public, they ask what you do. You say you're a skydiver and you have a conversation with them and it always ends up with, I'll come out and jump, but I only want to jump with you. And I would always just think, but I could fucking suck, dude. Yeah, dude, maybe I suck. <laughs> yeah, man, you should probably do your research a little bit. Like, come out to my drop zone yeah. for sure, but leave your options open. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's important. I think it's, I just, dude, there's so many, and especially like teaching style, like one person might have yes. a different style than the next. And I think it's, it's important to like ask questions and just like seek all sorts of different like help. I think that's the biggest thing really is um, it, it can be an amazing instructor, but you just aren't on the same wavelength as that yeah. instructor. It's no ding against them. You just vibe better with another person. That's not a bad Absolutely. thing. You yeah, know, I think it's cool. So what about your tip for uh, the old fuckers like me that might be getting burned out? Oh, man, I mean, <laughs> dude, I was there. There was a point where like I was burnt out. <laughs> it's mm. like, I remember just like being kind of miserable with like flying video and stuff like that. And I think sometimes maybe a break is, is nice, like every once in a while, but I think also like the same thing, like, okay, like I've been flying canopies for so long. And so right now, and I feel like I was getting super burnt out. So I'm like, okay, I want to get better with instruction and all that. And then I was like, right now, my most frustrating thing is like flying in the tunnel. Like I've never, I like literally the, the only, when I first moved here, <clears throat> I had like 30 minutes maybe in a tunnel mm. and I have like, 9,000 plus jumps. Sure. <laughs> so when I work with people, I just like, I see the frustration. I'm just <laughs> like, dude, I don't know anything other than just like being a videographer. Like that's how I've known and I've flown canopies. So like for me, it was just like, okay, start like a new challenge. It was sure. just like, okay, go to the tunnel, get frustrated. <clears throat> I was just like, get out of the tunnel. I'll be like super pissed or something. Oh yeah. And I'm like, okay, another discipline till like, I get like immersed in and like doing something like that, I thought was like, like finally I was like, okay, I like perked up a little bit and was like pretty happy about it. I'm like, yep. okay, like <clears throat> and like it really did make me feel like okay, there's a renowned like feeling with this all again. It was pretty cool. Sure. Something left good. to learn, right? I mean, yeah, uh, like, uh never underestimate uh how much a high time skydiver can suck in the tunnel. Dude, 
everyone's like, you want to go, you want to go free fly? You want to fly on your head? And I was like, yeah, lucky for you. Yeah. You may think I'm good, but I can't fly on my head. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Man. It's like, and like, I laugh about it all the time. It's just like, I mean, I can probably be okay for a little bit, but I'm like, I think you're thinking way too highly of me right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was funny. Cause I started out as a, as an instructor in the old uh, Vegas flyaway tunnel. Ooh, I've been Mid- in that. Yeah, many, many moons ago. But you and I know it's kind of just an amusement ride. It's a lot of fun, but it doesn't match. Baggy suit and everything. Yeah, you know, it was it was super fun. But I'll never forget. This was back in '97. Uh, I was still an instructor there. Maybe it was still '96. And the Flyboys came to the Vegas Tunnel, yeah. and they were fucking horrible. And I. <laughs> I think I had like 30 jumps and I was their instructor in there and they were just bouncing off the walls and it was just a clusterfuck the whole time. And, and I, I was like, these were heroes, you know, I'd watch these guys in the Chronicles videos and they were gods. And then I'm like, <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> you guys are kind of blowing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then cut to all those years later, I'm hopping in the Dubai tunnel trying to learn, and I sucked oh. so bad. And I'm like, okay, well, that's me. There you go. <laughs> I think it happened. And I think, like, I think another thing is just like being in the sport for so long, like, I feel people get a little worried about, like, it's good to be humbled. Yeah. Like, I think it's a huge thing. It's just like, eh, whatever. Like, I remember, like, hitting the pot a couple times and, like, skipping i was like oh man oops yep. <laughs> you know just like kind of laughing about it like that happens like we all still like mess up like yeah i'm not sure. the greatest like person in the tunnel but like i think it's like kind of staying humble in that and then oh like, yeah immersing yourself with like something like getting back in the tunnel or like getting into canopy polling or whatever it is like i think it's it's just like keeping yourself like on your toes like, oh absolutely well i think the most freeing moment for me in my entire career in skydiving was realizing i was never going to be the best in any discipline and just going i'm just going to have fun which was really a freeing thing to just go oh yeah. i'm just i'm good enough to have fun and not get myself or anybody else killed let's go skydive yeah let's go skydive <laughs> yeah absolutely and that's the thing dude like and i think that's what keeps me like wanting to even progress it like obviously like on the US team and stuff, like serious, we gotta trade a bunch, but like the day that I'm not having fun anymore is Yeah. It's it's a problem. For sure. So um how do people track your progress with competitions? How do they come train with you? How do they come fly with you? How do they come just give you a high five? How do they track you down? They track me down. Um they can find me on Facebook. They can find me on Instagram, just Robin underscore Jandal. Like and I'm like I'm very very adamant of my students like like hey like send me a message on facebook like robin awesome. like message awesome. me if you need help with anything if you want like any coaching like i'm always very open to like questions and i and when i finish courses i'm always just like hey like i know we've done this course and we're like going our separate ways and i'm leaving but like always feel free if you have a question just ask me and like sure i'm always happy to help so and you do uh one-on-one courses as well as the stuff you're doing with flight solutions yeah. and all that yeah awesome sure. Awesome. Yeah, especially like I'm in the school there. So if Perfect. there's a student that's like, man, I need like help to like this weekend or with anything like it's like, OK, like it's like take like a day and like go like do some op- ops and we'll try to fix what we can do. Perfect. That's cool. That's yeah, good. Yeah, Robin, I cannot tell you how glad I am. We finally got to do this. We finally did it. <laughs> it's fantastic. Like I told you pre-podcast, I was starting to think you were a made up person, but it was really nice to sit and have a conversation with you. I'm a robot. <laughs> Catfish. you're a very articulate robot thank you it was a very good job really thank you so much and i wish you all the best in the upcoming competitions and with uh with your career absolutely i appreciate it 
Cheers. We'll chat again soon. Bye. Stay warm. Well, there you have it. Another episode of the Lunatic Fringe Podcast brought to you as always by, well, wait, not as always, actually. Brought to you now by Gyro. Formerly known as NZ Aerosports, you'll head to gyro.com for their next level line of canopies. By Pussfoot, the Extreme Sports Collective. Head over to pussfoot.com to check it out. By Summit Parachute Systems, check out summitparachutesystems.com to talk to Jarrett Martin and the gang about kick-ass pilot rigs, rigging courses, and more. By Flyaway Indoor Skydiving, go to flyawaytn.com and check out all the cutting-edge stuff to come. By Pure Spectrum CBD, head to purespectrumcbd.com to check out their wide range of CBD products. And as for us, head to the lunaticfringepodcast.com to listen to any of the hundreds of episodes currently available, hit the link for our YouTube channel, pick up your copy of the Lunatic Fringe book or The Accidental Stripper, and get a sneak peek at upcoming guests. Once again, thanks for listening, we'll see you next time. Thank you.